0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inclusive Class Podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. It's our goal on the Inclusive Class Podcast to explore the promise and practice of inclusive education. Through our interviews with expert guests, we hope to provide you with information and resources that will help you support the education of your child or student with special needs. I'm Nicole Aridix, and I'm one of your hosts for the show. I'm a parent, an inclusion teacher, and creator of the online resource for parents and teachers, www.theinclusiveclass.com. Joining me here on The Inclusive Class this morning is my co host, Terry Moreau. Hi, Terry.
1: Hi, Nicole, and welcome to all our listeners. I am Terry Morrow. I am the author of Fifty Ways to Support Your Child's Special Education,
0: and I write about
1: special needs for About.com at specialchildren.about.com. I'd like to mention to anybody out there listening to us live that we are not taking phone calls, but the chat room will be open. If you'd like to stop in and suggest a question, I'll try to work it in if we have time. I've had a very inclusive sort of week this week. Uh, my mm-hmm. son is taking the next step in inclusive education by uh, going to community college in the fall. And we went and had his placement test done on Tuesday, and uh, it's real interesting seeing how I'm going to have to adjust my my helicopter mom advocacy style (laughs) to at least kind of be manipulating from behind the curtain. I need to get my ahs on because people just talk to him. You know, we go. uh, We had to do a bunch of registering for stuff after the test, which I didn't expect and I hadn't prepared him for and i'm steering him through all these things and people are talking to him and he has no idea what they're talking about i have every idea what they're talking about but nobody wants to talk to me <laughs> so it's like i'm going to have to i have to think about this i guess i have the summer to figure it out cuz he definitely yeah. still needs an external brain uh and i am that for him but it's going to have to look like it's coming from him and he's going to have to not be looking blankly at people saying i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> Right, Talk to my representative, right. please. So uh, <laughs> that 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 was a really interesting experience, and we'll be signing him up for his classes next week, and then the bill will be due after that. So right. it's starting <laughs> to become very real that you know college is almost here, and that's that is a world of inclusion. So yeah. um, you know we've been feeling around it for a few years, but it's here Good. for us. Glad to hear, and yeah, glad hear
0: that you're in that next that next. <laughs> Thing, that new
1: transition. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be that. a bumpy one for at least one of us. <laughs> bumpy one. Exciting time. Yeah, it is exactly. An exciting time.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, we are uh, we're going through our last week of, of the school year here, and we're totally in overdrive, and we've got oh. had more projects to complete and finals to prepare for, and year-end celebrations. I'm sure you you all know that um, that last minute. Dash to the finish line and Right. And then all of a sudden strep throat has made an appearance. Oh my. So, yeah. Yes, so we're dealing with that in our houses t- um well, yesterday and today and uh you know Aww. just the timing is totally off. But anyway, I'm trying yeah. to make as little contact with them as possible because I don't want to <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hide myself away and wear a mask. Got like the this. surgical mask in. Exactly. Well, you know, when <laughs> the mum is sick everything falls apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to uh keep them at 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 bay, but actually this is a this this is a great uh, analogy for our topic today because we're actually going to be talking about co teaching and in a truly inclusive classroom, the teacher um has the support of other professionals to help educate children with special needs and If the teacher doesn't have that support, everything can fall <laughs> apart
1: <laughs> <Very> <laughs>
0: and and yes. inclusion unfortunately can end up failing so our guest today with us here is Dr. Wendy Morrowski. And she is going to explain to us the importance of collaboration and co-teaching in an inclusive classroom, and uh, maybe explain to some listeners out there why there might be two teachers in their child's classroom instead of one. So (laughs) good morning, Wendy. How are you? Well,
2: I'm good, and I too am experiencing the end of the school year with my son. (laughs) And so uh, we were joking a little bit right before the, the podcast started that I've had very few hours of sleep due yeah. to a, a well, a sick dog and a little boy Aww. with nightmares. But also, I stayed up late to make cupcakes for yeah. the teacher appreciation <laughs> day end of the year. Ah. celebration. so, but I have to admit, I have some really cute cupcakes.
0: So good. good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm we're happy to in. talk about
2: yeah, co-teaching because. Um, I also had to make sure that for the end of the year I had enough teacher gifts not just for one teacher Mm
0: -hmm. but for the two
2: teachers plus the multiple paraprofessionals and support providers that work in my son's fully inclusive school. And I am very, very proud of the fact that my son goes to a school that is fully inclusive, not just inclusive in name or inclusive in a couple classrooms, but has been written up as being very inclusive by the Department of Education. So, well, yeah.
0: Congratulations. Thank
2: you. Thank
0: you. Except it does cost
2: a little bit more, I have to admit, from a parent perspective. Yeah. I've never written about that in any of my books. <laughs> but
0: having to get two teacher cards and two teacher gifts and remembering yeah. that, you know, you do have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, different, yeah, a different approach, that's for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I, you know, this um, school that you're talking about, you also have a little bit of um, – uh, more involvement with on a professional level, and I just wanted to give our uh, listeners a little bit of background before uh, we get started with our interview. I wanted to let them know what you've, you know, what you're doing and, and what you've done in the past. Um, sure. Dr. Moraski is the Eisner Endowed Chair for the Center of Teaching and Learning at California State University, Northridge, and a professor in the Department of Special Education, in addition, she's a national and international speaker on the topic of inclusion, as well as the Director of Research for the CHIME Institute, which is the charter school that um, we were just talking about, that um, um, her son goes to here in California, and is com- completely committed to inclusive education, which is um, a wonderful experience for all children. And in addition to those roles, uh, Dr. Morosky has also published three books and numerous articles and finally, she is the CEO and President of an Educational Consulting Company. So, and you are a mom. <laughs> and I'm a <laughs> <So> mom. <laughs> you have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, and we're really happy that you're here to share with us today, so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate being invited. Yeah, well, uh, let's start with our first question and, and get going here. Um now, your areas of research are on the inclusion of children with special needs and, most specifically, on collaborating and co-teaching between educators. Can you give our listeners um, some information as to what exactly a co-teacher is? We all know what a teacher is, but what is a co-teacher? And how right. Does that relate so, to inclusion? <laughs> well, first of all, I'll, I do like
2: to clarify when I'm working um, pretty much with anybody who's not familiar with co-teaching that A co-teacher is not like a co-pilot. So this is an assistant. This is actually a teacher. And anyone who is teaching with another teacher is a co-teacher. So that uh, typical fifth-grade teacher who is teaching with a special education teacher, the two of them are both co-teachers. It's not the classroom teacher and the co-teacher. You know, the eighth-grade algebra teacher is co-teaching with another teacher, that person is a co-teacher. And the idea behind that is, I have a definition out for co-teaching, that true co-teaching involves three things. You have to co-plan, co-instruct, and co-assess. And that's the definition of co-teaching. So if I'm a special educator whose job is to to pop into a classroom and say, hey, what's going on today? How can you use me? Then I'm probably not co-teaching in that class. I'm probably supporting Right. Um, If, however, I am assigned to a class where I'm going to be in that class, maybe it's, uh, you know, in second grade during math, but it's during math every day, Mm -hmm. or it is I'm always in fifth period if it's secondary classroom, you know, and I'm always going to be in that, um, you know, seventh grade English class, then that's my class just as much as it would be the general ed teachers, and we need to plan what's going to happen in that class. We need to do it together. And then we need to assess, did it work, did it not, did it work for the kids, most importantly. Just like any teacher would, teachers have to plan, do it, assess whether it worked or not for kids. And so a co-teacher would be someone who is doing that with another individual or individuals in a class with kids who have diverse needs. And really I argue that any class can, can be an inclusive class if you're looking at diverse needs and saying, hey, we need to meet them all can't wait for a piece of paper, such as an IEP, that tells us, you know, oh, well, this particular kid has a, a identified disability. We mm-hmm. also have a lot of kids in classes who may not have the luxury of an IEP to tell us that there's something going on. We still need teachers who are aware that there are a lot of diverse needs out there, and we need to open our arms and just say, kids are going to be here. What are we going to do to make sure we're supporting
0: them? Right, right. So basically, I mean, there's obviously a lot of time and energy that goes into co-teaching, but um, there is the benefit of co-teaching to students in the inclusive classroom. Can you tell us what that benefit is then, or benefits? Yeah, Um, benefits for sure. I would say
2: benefits. Um, uh, Well, let's start with academics, um, because that's, you know, a lot of people will know at that. Uh, Academically, kids with disabilities specifically are going to benefit because right now we've got a chance for them to be in the inclusive classroom and I know you guys have this this whole podcast and so many other resources that you guys publish that you write about that you blog about um and being exposed to typical learners or high achieving learners allows our students with disabilities to see what they can achieve they're not in a watered down classroom and I you know, to give props to our special educators who work really, really hard in some of the segregated classes, I I, want to make sure that listeners who are maybe not special education teachers know that we're not saying that those special education teachers or classrooms um, aren't doing what they need to do because the teachers aren't qualified or aren't working hard, but rather often those segregated classes have um, fewer resources uh, or I like to say, you know, I feel like I'm a very gifted teacher. I I really love teaching, and there's a lot of things I don't do well, but I teach well. Right. However, if I'm a secondary high school teacher and, you know, first of all, I have my credential in special education, I don't have it in math, in science, in social studies, or in English, yet you're going to put me in a classroom and, then give me kids with all of the you know different disabilities, all in the same class. I'm supposed to cover multiple subjects at multiple mm-hmm. grade levels. I'm not gonna be as effective as the mm-hmm. teacher who's completely focused on the core curriculum, the standards, who has a credential, who has all kids working on, you know, a particular standard and knows what that is in that grade level. So academically the kids are making sure that they get a general ed teacher who knows the content and the standards, but in co-teaching we're also going to have someone who comes in and says not only are you going to be exposed to these generalized standards and content, we're also going to make sure there's somebody who's an expert in differentiating, in positive behavior support, in social skills instruction, and helping you sit, listen, take notes, organize, you know, make sure the homework gets home, and then actually comes back Um So academically, kids are benefiting from being in a class where somebody else is in there to make sure that they can access that content and the material. Exactly. Next, well, next, I was going to say, is is behavior. Yeah. Um, We actually have huge behavioral benefits in a co-taught class. Oh, yeah, yeah. And these come, yeah, these come in the research not just from the teachers who feel like, you know, I have somebody else for proximity control or to help me manage the class, that's that's an obvious one, but when we do research on the benefits of co-teaching, kids are the ones who say that the one thing they don't like about co-teaching is that they don't get away with as much.
0: So obviously, that's a that's a good thing right, right, <laughs> um, and, an extra and set can, of eyes. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and we
2: can have somebody who comes in and says. Um, I understand we have a child with an emotional or behavioral disability, or we have a child um, who has autism. I'm going to help you as the general education teacher understand how we can use structure and consistency, understand how we can put, promote an a, um, effective classroom management strategy, if you don't already have one, or how to tweak your effective classroom strategy to meet the needs of these kids who might have some very specific needs. Um and then they're in the inclusive class, so we also have social skill benefits um and self esteem benefits because the kids aren't being pulled out uh to to that segregated class or the room down the hall or the room where oh, yeah. everybody else knows so yeah, and then don't forget the uh the kids without disabilities they're benefiting as well because they're starting to learn about being open to different um learning styles or to different learning needs. they're also finding that you know if they're working with kids with disabilities, often they're able to structure their own um, communication styles differently, their own learning. Uh, We certainly have a lot of kids who do not have identified disabilities but need differentiation, but need manipulatives, but need um, different ways of teaching the curriculum so that they can get it too. So those are some of the benefits to kids, and I think those are really important.
0: Oh, I mean... In many ways, it, you know, just having the extra knowledge, the extra expertise, the extra set of hands, the um, you know, the 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 person that you can collaborate with. Um, you know, when I was teaching up in Canada, uh, we didn't exactly call ourselves co-teachers, but um, I had a another teacher in the school that well, she was actually beside me in my classroom, and we would often um, you know get our classes together and do, you know, lessons together. You know, she was stronger with social studies. I was stronger with science. And so it was an informal way of doing co-teaching, you know, given that, you know, we didn't have a full-time extra body. And that
2: actually I would consider a baby step toward co-teaching because what we really need in a lot of our schools is a more collaborative culture. So if we have teachers like you saying, hey, yeah, what do you guys got going on over there? Oh, you're better in that content than I am. That teaming is really important.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
2: schools where you get can get the teaming happening first are the ones that more naturally are able to move into a true co teaching where the teachers actually say, hey, maybe we can actually do this together in the same classroom at the same time. But right. you first need to get the teachers who are really open to understanding how important collaboration is.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, that sort of leads into our next question, which is what are those barriers to co-teaching? Why, why aren't we seeing that more often? And what is preventing teachers from, you know, coming together and saying, hey, let's put, you know, both of our energy into one pot and, um, you know, make things happen for these kids? What do you see as those barriers being?
2: There are very realistic barriers. Um, while I am a an enormous proponent of co-teaching, and I see that it's very, very successful with students, um, there are still realities of things like teachers seeing um, new fads come and go. Mm-hmm. And so you might get very resistant teachers who say, well, I don't want to put all my um, my energy into what might just be a new fad. And yeah. let me stay in my own classroom, do my own thing, because I know what I'm doing, And it's scary to work with another teacher. It's Mm -hmm. scary. You feel like somebody might be judging you or watching you, and what if you mess up? Mm -hmm. Um, They don't realize that's a huge benefit. could be someone saying, wow, that didn't work, did it? Hey, I have an idea. (laughs) Here's here's another way of doing it. And then you doing that for them as well. So the resistance is understandable, and that's a a particular barrier. Scheduling is an enormous barrier. And one of the things that I've been focusing on recently is doing a lot of professional development with administrators and trying to help them understand how to look at their schools, not so that they're trying to shove co-teaching into an already packed schedule and agenda because if teachers just feel like it's just one more thing I have to do as opposed to a technique, a strategy, an approach it's a it's an instructional style. So if I look at it as, oh, my gosh, using co-teaching actually helps me do project-based learning and connect with my professional learning community and, you know, do response to intervention or any of the other things that they're being told that they have to do, that helps. But the schedule is important because time, time for planning is enormous. Remember I said that the three things you must do to really be co-teaching are co-plan, co-instruct, co-assess. Without the co-planning, you get the second teacher walking in saying, what are we going to do today? And then everything is reactive, not proactive. Um, There's a term, and I don't know if you all have, have discussed this before or not, but as a teacher, educator, as a professor... One of the things we're really trying to have our special ed teachers and general ed teachers learn about, too, is something called universal design for learning. Mm -hmm. And so we are to be more proactive, but many times our general ed teachers don't know how to create universally designed lessons. So we want to make sure that our special educators have time to plan with them so that that lesson is really ready to go when they when they walk in the door to meet the needs of all students, all learners, if the schedule doesn't permit that, if administrators don't understand that we need special educators planning as well as time for collaboration and you know going in, working with teachers prior to coming in and actually co-teaching, then that's a big barrier. So administrative support, scheduling, time for planning that resistance the understanding that people have their own silos mm-hmm, um
1: mm-hmm.
2: And are scared and that's you know those are all understandable but they're barriers that we need to help our schools work through really
0: exactly and you know i being um you know being an inclusive classroom teacher for many many years myself i can um completely attest to those barriers you know that you're talking about because it really has to be an entire system that works towards inclusion. It can't just happen in one classroom or you know one um one area of the school. you know you really need the support of the administrators in the building. you need the support of the district who's going to allow the administrators to yeah. you know provide right. the programs and the training for the teachers and the time and the and um the resources. Um, you know, it's really a, an entire system that has to make this work, and um, you, know, yeah, you know, definitely, well, definitely, what you're what you're speaking to in terms of the barriers, I completely agree, and and I know in in, in real life that's exactly what it is.
1: You know, it's, and
0: it's a matter. Uh, a, I saw a cartoon yeah. that I love, and unfortunately, I don't know who who
2: created it, but it was it's so funny. You see a principal talking to parents um, across the desk and the principal says, we had a great inclusion program last year, but she moved. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, you know, and that, that's to nice. me, is a lot of the problem that we have in schools is we have some amazing people doing great things, but if it's not a larger effort, yeah, it's just that one person. And it can't be that, wow, we have these great, great, great co-teachers, but they've done it all on their own back we have to make sure that if something happened to one of
0: them if they did have to leave
2: there is still the process going on
0: at the schools yeah it's not an isolated situation it's an entire it's a philosophy which has mm-hmm. to start from the top and filter down and and exactly. you know work its way through each each school and each classroom and through each teacher and and um you know it's just about educating and i guess showing teachers too that it can work right and giving yeah. them examples so And I forgot to mention, but
2: really should have brought up early because it is huge. Personalities matter in (laughs) co-teaching. Personalities matter, and so getting the right marriage. And I my the books that I've written uh, compare co-teaching to a marriage because we've got two adults working together to raise children. You know, the kids are going to play mom against dad. You know you're not supposed to criticize your spouse in front of the children. You know that communication is the most important element of your marriage. And so all of these things come together. In the classroom, we have to make sure we have someone. They don't have to be the same. Uh, Often it's helpful if they are a little different and opposites can attract because that's what kids need. They need some different personalities in there. But personalities do matter.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, um, you know, once again, I think that, you know, the teachers have to work at that, right? It's not just going to happen mm-hmm. naturally, and that has to be something that, you know, you sit down and, and you spend time looking at the different strengths and weaknesses of each other and how you can complement one exactly. another. And, yeah, no, I I can completely agree with you on that. It, that and I uh, when I was teaching, I not only had... Um, a teacher that I platooned with, I had a teacher that I um, also worked, because I worked part-time, so I was in the classroom three days a week, she was in the classroom two days a week, plus we had, um, uh, you know, professionals that c- that came into the classroom. So, yeah, there are a lot of little relationships that happen in inclusion. <laughs> so yes, if, if you think that you're going to be a teacher and go into an inclusive classroom, you're not going to be doing it on your own. You need to be, um, no. you know, you need to have those communication skills. And then, of course, the parents need to be aware, too, that, you know, they're not just going to be speaking to one teacher. They need to be communicating with two teachers. And, um, you know, meetings will often include both the teachers. or You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a team approach to, to this classroom. So, um, unfortunately, I just got a message from Terry who on her end has a power outage. So... Oh. <laughs> to make life even more interesting this morning, she's actually off the air right now and is still listening oh. to us but does not have the ability to speak. So I'm going to carry on and do her part and um, uh, continue on the show and fill in for her. So I'm going to, <laughs> I, I'm going to play two roles this morning. Oh, you, Terry, Yeah. <laughs> pretend, um, change your voice a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring my theater experience into play here. Um, so the next question then is, given, you know, our current economy here in the U.S. and in Canada, too, what is co-teaching really an option? Because basically the school district is paying two teachers to do one job. So what, what, what right. is that really an, an option for most school districts, or is there an alternative that can be just as practical and useful?
2: Yeah, and I'm glad you asked that because I do get that asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that, first of all, yes, it's an issue, for sure, without a doubt. But at the same time, I don't think that we're talking about it's, it's asking two teachers to do one job. We're asking two teachers to do their same jobs. It's two mm-hmm. teachers doing two jobs. It's only the environment in which they're doing it. If I'm a special educator, and typically I'll, I'll use the secondary classroom as an example because periods are, are easy to envision. So if usually during period one, I would be in my own classroom with a group of my students with disabilities, instead during period one, I still have a caseload. I'm still responsible for making sure those students' needs are met. But now instead of saying, you know, I've got 15 kids in this class, now I might be in the same classroom as nine of those students co-teaching in that classroom where maybe a third of that class has disabilities and is on my caseload, which means six of those kids might be spread out in other rooms. I'm then going to be responsible for making sure that they're getting their needs met through indirect support, either through a paraprofessional working in the class, through co-planning at another time with those teachers, uh, through making sure that I've done accommodations and modifications in advance, things like that. So it is still a viable option what concerns me in schools is when the administration communicates to the teachers that the reason we're co-teaching is because of money because we can't we need to make get more classroom space free so you're now being displaced from your classroom because uh, we want okay. your room or because with no child left behind there's credentialing issues at the secondary mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. and while they're valid if teachers feel that that's the reason they're co-teaching. And I can actually speak to this. I was was actually training out in schools yesterday and the day before Mm -hmm. and unfortunately I had a teacher when we were talking about what are the strengths of co-teaching we were talking about and, and there was a lot of benefits to teachers that were coming up and I said great but let's talk about kids. And this teacher said it's not about kids it's about us. And I said well Supposed to be about kids, and she said it is supposed to be about it. But our the communication we're getting from the district is, we are being told we have to do this because we don't have credentials, and because they want our classrooms. So that just put added a really negative impact on the teachers. Instead of saying, you know, this is a district mandate because sure there are some economic implications that actually save money. By co-teaching, yeah. by having you, you know, in other classes instead of having your own room, it might even save money. However, we that's not the reason we're doing this. We're yeah. doing this because kids are now getting the benefit of two heads are better than one. Exactly. So it, it can, it, economically, I would say it, it typically can end up being flush. You know, you might save money because you don't have to have the same, the that classroom that you're having separate pull-out with separate materials and things like that. At the same time, you are still wanting to have this teacher, in, you know, doing all the jobs that they need to do. Um, but it, it also goes back to scheduling. Right. We don't want to expect that teacher to now have to, I will put this in quotes, co-teach with 15 teachers. They won't be doing it. You cannot Not truly it. co-plan, co-instruct, co-assess with that many people and still manage your case and still manage the paperwork and talk to the parents and train your paraprofessionals and 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 we have to be able to work smarter.
0: Well Lynn unfortunately
2: like, some schools aren't ready.
0: Oh I know. It's not right. the case and we need to <laughs> keep having these conversations. And unfortunately I need to end this conversation because our time is quickly running out. I just want